Welcome back to FTP Speed Shop Podcast, podcast where we talk about what you talk about in the garage because, hey, we're in the garage. I'm your host, Mike Early, and tonight with me, we have Dirk Spitznoggle. 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 Damn it. Close. I almost got it. That's better than most. All right. So, Derek, what do we, uh, what do we got in the garage behind us today? Uh, we got my 56 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Um, car I bought from New Jersey, all stock. Um, just got a little placard on the dash. I heard it was a one-owner car when I bought it, but it was an estate sale. Got sold to somebody else. Got sold to somebody else. So there's a placard on the dash that says Vincent Batoni, and it's got the Cadillac insignia on it. And doing some research, I found out it's a real deal mob Cadillac. Oh, I bought no it shit. brand new in 1956, and he was part of the Gambino crime family. And Vincent Batoni from New York or New Jersey, somewhere in there. So. So that the car's probably got some bodies on it? I'm, I looked everywhere <laughs> so far. I don't know. The, the headliner just ripped on me, and so I'm going to start investigating up inside there. See what's but up there? It's cool that the interior is like a light gray, bluish, uh, but the headliner was brown. I always thought that was kind of weird. And it does so, seem kind of odd. Yeah. So one day I was driving, and the little little bit of the headliner came down, and it was blue behind there. Well, then I was digging around the ashtray, and the guy's last cigar he smoked is still in the ashtray. And then I started putting two and two together. He smoked so many cigars in that car, it turned the cloth headliner brown. So, it's, Dang, that's a lot of cigars. Right? <laughs> right? And the last one, it's, I can show you right now, the last one is still in that still ashtray. Still in there. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's got a little story behind it, which makes that's what old cars are for. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't have any cars that have cool stories like that. <laughs> Yeah, this is my only one that has a cool story. Yeah, all mine were just red. Right, <laughs> I can only redo red cars. That's really yeah. Chevelle oh. was red, and I got it. The truck was red. The Prelude was red. Yeah, but you changed them though. So yeah, no, so I it's ha- good. Now. I hate red cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I at gotta, least they're not yellow. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <fucking yellow. laughs> Exactly. And every once in a while, some internet forums. <laughs> no, you don't read those. Don't ever read those. Well, yeah. yeah. I always take, you got to take it with a, a grain of salt. Right. There's, there's one guy on there that oh, knows God. everything. And then there's the just talk shit mm. to everybody else. So. Welcome to the bike world. The bike world is terrible about that. Yeah. At least the car world, you can like, everybody tries to help everybody and it's, but you get in the, like the bagger world and stuff like that. It's just, I'm better than you. You suck and you're terrible and, you're wrong. I'm right. It's, it's, I don't know. I wonder if that's kind of some of the biker mentality. It's a little bit more of the, it's more in your face. Yeah. More, more aggressive and more, free yeah. almost. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> but the, uh, a lot of the newer bike stuff, like, like the baggers and stuff is a lot of guys that haven't spent their whole life building stuff. Mm-hmm. They haven't spent their whole life indulged in it. They've, they saw some guy ride by them with a flashy bike and all the girls went, Oh my God, look at that. And so they're like, Oh cool. I'm going to do that. Well, you can go buy all the parts and slap yeah. it together. And now you're king shit. Cause you built something and you really didn't build anything. You put it together and you had somebody else paint it. You had somebody else. Yeah. Well, that's, that's probably that. a lot of like the midlife crisis stuff too. It is. Yeah, it so is. They're like, man, I always wanted a bike. And then they go into frontier or whatever and buy, right. buy the bike. And then they get all the bells and whistles. They got brand new leathers, brand new everything. Yep. And they walk out and you're just like, yeah, you're you the same as the other guy right next to you. Yeah. And you don't, you don't look like a, 
a Harley oh. guy. <laughs> God, there's so many. And I, I hate talking shit about it because you know, I love them. I love bikes. I love yeah. the bike people. I love them. But there's so many people that are just, you don't want to say posers, that mm-hmm. it's hilarious when you go to these big rallies and stuff like Daytona and Sturgis. And you'll get these like 60, 70-year-old 60, guys who are on these big wheel baggers and their stereos blaring rap songs. I'm like, they're wearing blinged out jeans and, and these I'm like, when in your life have you ever listened to not even Tupac, like the new <laughs> shit that I don't even know? Yeah. And when have you ever listened to that? Never, never, unless you're in this certain crowd where you're trying to fit in. And it, I don't know, that to me always just seems too fake. Yeah. But, and I think there's like the, I don't know how to say it, like the gangster Harley mm-hmm. crew too. Is that like a thing too? It goes along with the big wheelbagger yeah. stuff. Yeah. It does. Um, you know, I started hanging out a lot more with, oh, in the last probably five years, five, seven years. I've always loved the chopper stuff a lot more, mm-hmm. but started really pushing towards, you know, the shop-wise, I've always just taken in whatever comes in and worked on whatever I want to work on or the whatever day. whatever yeah. I can work on to make a living. Exactly. And the last few years, I've been really trying to push towards an image of the shop. And, and so, like, the chopper thing is what I've really been pushing for. And so we start hanging out with the chopper guys at the chopper shows and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. you see, it's insane the difference between the bagger world and the chopper world. And the chopper world is like the hot rod world where it's like, dude, what did, what'd you do on that? And you're like, here, let me show you exactly what I did. Let me help you out. Whatever I yeah, can. Yeah. It's not like, uh, mm-hmm. I, um, I ordered this yeah. and then it showed up and then <laughs> oh, I had, it's I had somebody put it on for me. It's insane. The, uh, the, uh, when a bagger wins a show, it's like, yeah, this is a, this is a Yaffe bars and this is clockworks fender and this is this deal and this is this seat and this is this guy's paint and this is this guy's yeah and you go to the chopper shows and they're like yeah i built this in my garage and it's my first paint job ever mm-hmm. and it's so much different so i love the chopper stuff because i love the hot rod stuff yeah i like the, it, the it's a community yeah just build it yourself like mm-hmm. like you said in the beginning like I didn't have the money to pay somebody to do it. I didn't have the money mm-hmm. to even buy the parts. Right. It's like, I got to figure out a way to get this to go together and work because right. I, by God, I want this. And yep. this is the only way I can get it is if I figure it out. I mean, it, yeah, there's a lot of pride that goes along with that. And, you know, and somebody like somebody like me that owns a shop that I get paid to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. I should be the first one saying, don't try it. Don't do it. Don't do it yourself. But I'm like, yeah. Dude, do it yourself. Hell yeah. Let me let me teach you how whatever whatever I've screwed up, let me tell you how I've screwed it up and try mm-hmm. to avoid that and do better for yourself. Yeah. Does that owning your own shop and working on it uh 14, 15 hours a day make you hate working on your own stuff? Yep, it does. Or do you find time during nope. the day to it sucks. every once in a while fuck around with it? <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely sucks. Um, I mean, most of the time I'm working fourteen, fifteen hour days on customer stuff. Yeah. Um, but then we'll get up on a deadline like Daytona's coming up in, we leave at the end of February for Daytona. Mm-hmm. I got two, I got one of my own choppers to build that literally the frame is cut in half right now, laying in the shop on my pan head. And I, yeah, that's a, you're getting, yeah, getting close to crunch getting close. Time <laughs> but that. my bike doesn't get touched till everybody else's stuff's done. And yeah. Or you find so, that midnight oil to, to burn a little bit, but it's, I mean, literally like, like last week, I worked till 1 a.m., 3 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and then 6 a.m. was my my 9 to 5 last week, Monday through Friday. Yeah. So, was that Monday night? How Monday late? night was 1 a.m. 1 a.m.? Um, 
this week? What did I have? I worked till. Yeah, I probably wasn't going to start the podcast at 1 a.m. on it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was, I'd be I good just, to about 2 at the latest, usually, and still Monday was not midnight, being a piece of shit in the morning. Right? That's, that's the thing. It sucks. It's like, the morning hurts, but you know what? I got everybody else at the shop showing up at 8 o'clock, 8.30, so mm-hmm. I better be there. And yeah. there's no excuses. I got to be there. Yeah, I can stay as late as I want. I can do what I want. I could, I could sit around the shop and get drunk as hell. But I just know that tomorrow morning that work's still going to be sitting there. It doesn't go away. No. It helps at the end of the night to have a few beers and like kind of forget, help forget about what you got to do in the morning. But right. God, you wake up in the morning uh, and fucking head's in a vice and you're like, God damn, well, no, it starts, the work's still there. When the hours go so late, it starts hurting. It starts hurting just to wake up mm-hmm. enough to where... Hell, if you want to catch a buzz, you want to get a little drunk, the hangover doesn't hurt any worse than just waking up that <laughs> that's, tired. That's so true. That's might true as well. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I but, know. And every time I try to do something, because I'll get some stupid wild hair for like the birthday cruise or something mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I'm going to go LS swap the Chevelle and, you know, <laughs> shave the firewall at the same time, you know, and then it's down to crunch time, you know, and it's, it's three, three thirty every single night, waking mm-hmm. up at seven, seven thirty to get to work on, you know, time or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm self employed, so I got the same deal. I can do whatever the hell I want to do. But you can but you if can't I don't, nothing gets done and I don't make any money. So right. it, in reality I just have to work twice as much as everybody else. Right. Which I mean if you're working for somebody else, if you're going and punching the clock, mm-hmm. you would probably despise working twelve hours a day. I mean, it would probably eat at you. Yeah. Oh, but I guarantee it. Yeah. Doing your own and when you're your own business, you're not thinking about the clock. You're thinking about deadlines. I got to get that. I got to get that job done, mm-hmm. no matter what it takes, no matter how it works. Yeah. I got to get that done. Because Dave's coming in the morning, no matter yeah. what. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> he's kidding. Expect, he's bringing the trailer, so oh, God, he's no you know kidding. or whatever that you know countertops are coming in or what. It's the same yep. shit. So it's like. Well, we don't really have a choice. Don't we're have a working, choice. We're working till it's done tonight. Sorry, there, babe, I'm not coming home till it's done. There's so many times that, like Tuesdays and Thursdays, I got to pick up my kids from the daycare because the wife works late, and then yeah, and so she'll get home like eight thirty, nine o'clock at night, and I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to the shop so bad, so bad. I just want to hang out with the family and just relax. Just, yeah. and, and she's like, Well, just do. I was like, No, you don't understand. I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. It has to be done tomorrow. Because tomorrow rolls into the next day, and the next day rolls into the next day, and by the weekend I have to have this done, and and the show's coming up next weekend, so I have to have that done by the next weekend. And yeah, you have super hard deadlines because most things probably revolve around a car show or a bike mm-hmm. show or some sort of event yeah. that that's supposed to be debuted at or whatever. Yeah, I've tried so. to get them to change Daytona Bike Week, but they they won't push they it won't back listen. for me. They no. won't listen for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's bullshit. Maybe, maybe we can send them a letter and see if we can get it to change. Right, but. Yeah, no, I know how that goes, man. It's a constant. And then sometimes you just get straight burned out. And you just, like, burnout is the worst, especially because you know you have something to do. And you're just like, I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah, I've literally been like that for, like, probably this last probably this last eight, nine months. I've, I've hit that stage mm-hmm. to where i just like, I don't give a shit. And then I say that, but then I'm also there till 3, 4 in yeah. the morning. But... You know, I'll take like this this year more than any. I I took vacations during the summer. I went we went boating. We went mm-hmm. family vacations. I took time off. I I laid on the couch uh, like Sunday. I laid on the couch all day Sunday, and I was like, "What? The I hell? need to go back." I, we went to Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. We got back for Thanksgiving dinner, and I'm like, "Oh God, all right, I gotta get I gotta get changed. I gotta go to the shop." And she's like, "You really do?" And I was like, "Yeah, I really." 
you know what? No, fuck it. I'm laying on the couch. I think and that burnout is good for people like us where we don't have any ability to stop ourselves. Like mm-hmm. our mind won't let us stop. And then we just get to the point where we're just like, I don't fucking care anymore. That's, like, you yeah. know, and then you can start picking your jobs, you know, cause I mm-hmm. always would like, I was still in that super, I'm still a small business, but super small business startup mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh yeah, we'll do that. Absolutely. And you'll take anything in and anything on. And then and you just get to the point where you're like, it ends up hurting you. Yeah. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. why am I hanging drywall in a bathroom right. at 10 o'clock at night on some random Tuesday because, mm-hmm. you know, I just wanted to pick up an extra job or whatever. You right. Know? It's like, I'm going to start picking and choosing a little bit. And then, you yeah. know, you can get your pricing set point, you know, right to where you're not having to kill yourself just to make ends meet. Hmm. I haven't figured that part out. Yet, I haven't but. either all the way, but <laughs> it's, it's better than it was. Pri- it better, it's better than it was 10 years ago right? for sure. Oh God, like a, a bike paint job. I'll, I'll charge 2,500, four grand, even whatever. And I sit back and go back and look through like what I actually had into it. And if you wrote down the numbers, we're only $75 an hour too. So as far as the shop goes, that's yeah. a cheap shop rate. And I don't even, I, everybody goes, you need to raise your rates. I'm like, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter if I charge $1,000 an hour. It's, I quote the guy, an end all price. And then the mistake is he goes, do what you want. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, like, let me I, let me I try this, so and we'll try this. Ah, I just got burned on this one. Damn it, I just got burned trying that. And then yeah. next thing you know, I got twelve grand in a paint job that but I'm you getting sold paid twenty five hundred bucks. <laughs> but I did it to myself, and but yeah. it's cool because you get to learn, you get to expand, and you get somewhat paid to learn. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's one cool thing too. Like, or that I try to do on my house and stuff is like I want to mm-hmm. do the stuff that customers don't really. want to pay for you know and you know stupid shit like that so we did stained and stamped concrete in the basement looks like hardwood floors or whatever it almost died doing it (laughs) but uh you know it was you know just do stuff like that that Mm -hmm. you know it's it's probably a little bit too aggressive for me to try to do on somebody's project or that they would want me to do but get to learn some techniques and skills in the process I do that where you get too aggressive with mm-hmm. with what you want to do because you want to try something new. And then and I try it on a customer's job because I don't have time to do my own jobs. And so I'm like, cool, he'll let me do whatever I want. I'm going to try this. And then I get stuck. And then it's like I've buried myself into a hole trying to figure out how to do this. And then mm-hmm. you're committed. And then you've gotten so excited. You've told the customer this is what's going to happen. It's going to look like this. And you can't backtrack then. And then, yeah, no then you got to figure it out. So, yeah, but that's literally how – you know, you learn how to do those jobs for somebody in the future then. And so it, it, in the custom world though, you never seem to hit that, that, that roller coaster peak to where, okay, I've learned everything. And now it's oh, just no, smooth yeah. sailing. No, no it's, every damn job is yeah something new, something different. For sure. Yeah. And you never learn or grow or especially never learn unless you make a mistake. <laughs> yeah. And usually when it's the pocketbook mistake, you learn mm-hmm. a little bit faster than oh, the yeah. other times. So. I literally just did it last night on a yellow paint job and used gray sealer on this, on this, uh, Camaro. It's, it's a buddy of mine's Camaro that I'm not getting paid a dime for. He was supposed to be doing it in my shop. I was letting him do it and it's going to help him out by guiding him. Next thing I know I'm spraying the car and stuff and, <laughs> And all the spots of of gray sealer, I had six coats of color on the on them, and they still looked gray. 
or they still look like like kind of greenish that you could see exactly where the sealer was in those spots. Was it just like spot touch up mm-hmm. with the sealer? Yeah, basically? it was a yellow car already, and mm-hmm. then and so like I'm just losing my. I lost my mind last night. I oh, I left like a 60 foot burnout on the way out of the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> last night. I was so mad, and uh, get back in. Called paint rep Brian. Um, uh, you know Brian Johnson from Redshaw. Uh, the name Man, sounds familiar, but he's incredible, incredible paint rep. But anyway, I call him. I'm like, Brian, dude, I'm dying here. What's what's going on? I got six coats of color on this stuff, and I can still see the where exactly the sealer was. And he goes, Well, all you gotta do is spray white sealer. I'm like, Really? That's it? And he goes, Yeah, spray white sealer, and it'll cover in one coat. And I'm like, Oh my god! So this morning, put some white sealer over where the gray sealer was. One coat of yellow, we're done. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So, is the yellow so transparent, so that light? It, that, that, yeah, that it just doesn't have yeah. the pigments in it or whatever to. I mean, bury it, it, it has. Um, I mean, it, it's it's not like I've literally had candies that cover better than this yellow was yeah. covering last night. But it's just that one trick, and you know, I always use gray sealer because gray sealer keeps your keeps your tone usually true. Whereas if you were to use a white sealer, it a lot of times will make your color lighter than mm-hmm. what you're trying to do. So the color already matched really good. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not using white sealer because then it's going to be super a little bright. brighter right and there. Yeah. It turns out that's the one trick that I, I hate yellow so much. I really haven't painted anything yellow. And so last night was one of the first times. And here I am 18 years later doing this. And it's the first time I've made that mistake. And yeah, I don't think I've painted anything yellow ever. Thank God. Nobody needs yellow. The world does not need yellow. <laughs> no more yellow. No, huh? yellow can go away. Yeah, I don't know. I think I've done damn near every other color. Yeah. But yellow. Yep. You're, you're not missing anything. It's, yeah, I hate painting whites. Matching whites. Uh, because every speck of dust. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, black hides a lot of the dust. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, white, does. when I was doing the truck and painting the bed on that, I was... Everything laid out fine. Color, you know, is the two tone white and teal, and just mm-hmm. a clear coat. I was getting, I was, you know, I was hitting yep. the steak boxes on the top. For whatever reason, this red dust chunks and black and oh, shit just no. poof, just like a mushroom cloud out there, and just lands in all of it. And it's like, and you already got clear, and you're spray the clear, so clear, you got to yeah. wait then. Yeah, and it's just like, uh, I, yeah, if it's a color, at least you could at least dust over it or mm-hmm. or sand it out. But yep. Once you put that clear down, it's you're committed. Yeah, it was a bad deal. Was, <laughs> so I, I hate painting white from, every, mm-hmm. you know. And then, well, even like, I mean, I got a paint booth, but it's it's probably the cheapest, most basic paint booth you can get. Mm-hmm. And uh, but even in a paint booth, there's not a single job I can paint that doesn't have dust in it or debris in it or something mm-hmm. in it that you got to sand and polish out. And so, and then like I said, white. I mean, it's under the clear. So, and you don't ever see it till. The clear's on. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it always shows up first layer clear coat. <laughs> yeah, like that one hair that fell out or whatever. Oh, you there's, know? Been, there's been some white jobs where I'm just like, I'll go and try it. I'll go like, I put that first coat of clear on and I'm like, I am not re-clearing this thing. I'm not doing it. I'm not going backwards. So I'll take some white and try to dust it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's worked a couple times, but. It seems like if, once it's on top of a little bit of clear coat, it just doesn't seem like it. It doesn't, doesn't quite look the same. Yeah, the, but it doesn't pick up light the same or whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem as deep. I don't know how to explain it. but As long as you don't have like pearls or metallics in it, then yeah. it seems like you can kind of get away with it. And White, well, like with this yellow too, it's such a blinding 
bright color that he, I couldn't even see what I was doing with clear. This this entire 68 Camaro I just painted today, I mean, I'm I'm laying on the floor. I'm crawling on my hands and knees. I'm all over the place <laughs> trying to get any angle I can looking at this thing in the light, and I couldn't see my clear for nothing. So I literally painted this whole car just by guessing. I mean, I I could have honestly got closed my eyes and just because you have, the car. A, but you got to have some muscle memory for overlap. It's, and that's stuff all it like is. That. Your pace. Yeah. You if you get one glimpse of one little section that you painted that you sprayed, and you go, okay, that speed worked, that distance worked, that uh-huh. fan pattern worked, and then you just pray the rest of the <laughs> rest of the job and just go. Yeah, you get that nice top corner edge yep. where the light shines on it just i got uh, a new to me gun and i have not figured out how to get it set up to to really spray and be super happy with it yeah but isn't it crazy how it's a paint gun it should do the same thing but it's like they're so personalized to you yeah i the i painted the chevelle the first car I ever painted i did with a i think it was a 25 dollar advanced auto parts paint gun mm-hmm. and i had that fucker figured out everything yep. laid down within reason pretty good um, the only issue I had solvent pop in the clear coat and that was because I was painting it in early March mm-hmm. in my dad's garage or my parents' garage with a forced air heater and like oh, yeah, tons yeah. of them in there and he was cool with everything until the first coat of clear coat he poked his head out and he goes, <laughs> Turn that fucking heater off. You're gonna blow the fucking garage up. You're gonna blow the oh, whole house God. up. So I'd get it crank it up, get it real hot in there. Mm-hmm. And then shut it off, spray another coat, let it air out, crank it up again. And then just when I was cranking it up, it just flash dried the, the clear. Because so it was it didn't too let, hot. Yep. It didn't let it off gas. I did that with a, uh, a radiant heater in a buddy's shop a long time ago. It's actually another fucking Camaro. God, I hate Camaros. <laughs> it, was, it was a black Camaro, 6069. And the radiant heater was right above the roof. Mm. And so I sprayed it, and the shop was cold. This is a pretty decent-sized shop. And... I'm like, hey, let's crank that heater up and bake this thing. Well, it baked one stripe through the center of the whole car that was all solvent popped. And I'm like, a black car with white solvent pop stripe through the middle. Hey, man, that's a new racing stripe. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the best part about customers. You can play it off like, yeah, Yeah. that's cool. I meant to do that. I meant to do that. That's exactly the look I was going for, for sure. I've done those, like you said, the forced heaters and stuff, those little, uh, uh, what do they call them, the... The little, the round the jets, torpedo uh, things. Yeah. Yeah. Torpedo heaters. Diesel or kerosene heaters. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always use propane with them and I've used propane and it's never given me an issue. And, uh, like the last shop, we didn't have a paint booth in there. I mean, literally I would throw plastic over everything in the shop and spray right square in the middle of the shop. Oh my God. Your shop had heaters. to be fucking destroyed with all the metal it was flake. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> Glitter everywhere. That's when I was learning how to metal flake too. And so like, <laughs> it was bad. It was really, and I was dry spraying. Uh, I was dry flaking, so like dry flaking wastes more flake than it actually gets on the panel. Mm-hmm. And it was. Does it? Does that just make it stand up more? Yeah, basically, yeah, it does. So now what I do is like, I'll I'll put it in a, a clear base coat. I mix up a clear base coat and then put the flake in there, and I'll do like one or two coats, just nice and even. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the last coat or two, I'll just stand back and just kind of wisp it all over the place. Because yeah. it's still sticky then, and it still grabs a flake, but it stands up. And it it makes a difference. But like, if you, if, you, if you sat two of them side by side, the exact same paint jobs, one really wet and the other one real mm-hmm. dry and flaky, you could probably tell a little difference if you're really trying to tell. Is it just, yeah, just... Yeah, it just twinkles a little, a little bit, bit more. more. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. picks that light up and but, flops a little more. Yeah, in all honesty, I mean, nobody would ever know the difference. Yeah. But 
But yeah, no, that's crazy. Like like my last shop, like you're talking about getting. Well, you're talking about solvent pop, but like the fish eye stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I still still get tons mm-hmm. of orange peel and fish eye or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, the fish eyes. So like, I was warned that if you have silicon. So like your armor all stuff like mm-hmm. that, if you use it in the building at all, it'll stay in the building forever. And I was like, whatever. And so the last <laughs> shop, like I said, you know, we'd paint the, paint the stuff right in the middle of the shop. And at some point within the last year that I was at that last shop, I started getting fish eyes in everything. And I was really? like, what is going on? Dude? Every single paint job, no matter what I did, no matter how good I prepped, we even went to the point of, uh, everybody in the shop had to wear no deodorant for the next two days because <laughs> deodorant can actually affect, can bring silicon in the air. Um, and so Damn. we wore no deodorant, yeah, you're, you're no hair products, no super nothing. aggressive. On I it. mean, yeah, dude, it's when every paint job you do, you have to take and dip drops of clear in every single fish eye and then sand, you know, wet sand and buff all that out all the time. It's like, does that work? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it, but you have to do it right away. So after you oh, spray it, yeah. like, as soon as it's tacky and it's not stringy, so it can still then melt you can, in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it still melts in. But you know, I learned so many fish dye techniques from that <laughs> shop because you, know, you can stand back and dust over stuff and then mm-hmm. and then hit it hard. But but it was something, and we still never found out what it was because we were careful on the cleaning products we used and all that stuff. And and something got in that shop about a year and a half before I left, and every single paint job out of that shop had fish eyes. Same compressor and everything in the new shop? Yeah. Yep. We changed compressors, too. I bought a whole new compressor. I bought all new airlines. I Like, I changed everything. And they say once that once those little silicon beads or whatever the hell they are start bouncing around the air, they don't leave. And hmm. I thought that. I was like, nah, it's, it's bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, it and sounds can, like complete we bullshit. We can air the thing out. We can <laughs> yeah. clean it. I mean... We literally tried everything down to our deodorant and still couldn't get the fish eyes out. And so that's insane. I feel like most of my issues are either moisture because I don't have an air dryer or any of that stuff. And then I don't either. Temperature. Temperature is a big one for me. Usually it seems like the lower I get on the car, mm-hmm. the worse it gets. And that's usually because really? I'm painting in the wintertime and it's always colder on the floor yeah. than it is on the top. I've only, heard, I've only seen that matter in, um, as far as it'll run a lot easier than where it's colder. Um, so obviously it dries slower when it's mm-hmm. colder, but the dry time oh, is the only thing I've ever seen affect affected with the cold or the heat mm-hmm. really. I mean, unless it's too hot, like, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I run everything anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's just extra material on there and yeah. that's better than going dry. I mean, you yeah. got plenty of material to sand yeah. off. The, uh, the second car I ever painted, and this has been a million years ago is a buddy civic, and he was, uh, the fuck, he was from uh, Taiwan or whatever. He was on a visa or whatever. And so he was nuts. But he, uh, I sprayed it and it was like 1.30 at night. And I was like, I got to go home. I got school in the morning or whatever and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And uh, get back the next day. And he's like, oh, I fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> I was like, what did you do? He's like, ah, I cleared it last night. I was like, all right, let's go look at it. I figured he just ran the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. No, it looked like it was like, fuck 80 grit sandpaper almost maybe that's a little aggressive but it was like maybe like 180 yeah the texture on it just the orange peel on it it was no it was like like dry sprayed oh oh so it looked like the sandpaper itself yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and i was like how many coats are on he's like seven holy shit (laughs) 
Jesus. Oh, guys, I take that back. I did. That car was yellow. I have painted one yellow car. <laughs> <laughs> At least it was in the beginning you learned your lesson. Yeah, it was one yellow car. It was the second car ever painted. And we actually wet sanded that thing for hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours. And it ended up It'll coming back. It'll come out as long as you got enough material on we there. We burned through the shit out of the hood. And so we ended up getting a carbon fiber hood for it. But yeah, that was... <laughs> That was uh, that was one I've, yellow car. I went and looked at a, a, a lowrider oh, a couple months back. I was going to buy a lowrider. I don't know. I had a kick to buy a lowrider. And went and found this Cutlass over in Iowa and went and looked at it. And I was like, the pictures look pretty decent. And, mm-hmm. and I got there. Holy shit. It was the most orange peel I've ever seen in my life. And it was like, yeah, like you said, it was, I, it was like 36 grit bumps all yeah. over this whole car. <laughs> I was like, how the hell does anybody even... Like I would have literally grabbed a roller and done this better done job. It. If I would have sprayed that and looked at that, I would have grabbed a roller and poured clear coat all over my roller and went to town on the car. God, I wonder what kind of texture that would leave. It, it would. I bet you it'd flow out pretty good if because yeah. it's be so thick. But then you have to worry about solvent pop. You have to worry about it running. And, mm-hmm. But it would have looked better than that car did. See now sure. I'm wondering like if you could use like a maybe like a three-eighths nap or three-quarter inch nap roller with some mm-hmm. uh metal flake and just oh yeah that kind of that oh i'll be thick as hell <laughs> <laughs> that's just a construction guy talking i guess at that point right but, but you don't want like so in the chopper stuff um a lot of these guys their paintwork is is turning into acrylics um and then they're doing a lot of water transfer pictures and stuff and it's like all the stuff you're taught never ever to mix with paint yeah and these guys are just like screw it and doing it and it's turning out so cool like they're they're doing these epoxy resins like they're concaving the side of a or the, like they'll they'll uh they'll cut a whole like they'll cut a coffin out of the top of a gas tank and sink it down like an inch and a half two inches then they'll throw a bunch of stuff in there. They'll they'll clear resin it all the way. Oh, forward, really? And then sand it flush with the top of the tank, and then they'll do. Uh, uh, then you clear it, mm-hmm. so it's all connected smooth, and it's all smooth. Nice and, flat, and then they'll yeah. come in with an airbrush or something and like fade the edges where the where the uh, the edge of the resin is, so you don't see an edge. It's just like a, a faded image in the middle. But yet when you look at it, you know like paint you always want it to look deep right well that looks really deep well this thing is literally <laughs> deep it's like two inches deep yeah. in there and it's oh it's the coolest effects and, and that's just like that epoxy resin whatever they use like epoxy on, resin they use on tabletops and shit like yeah. that yep exactly yeah i don't know like i when i try to do stupid stuff like mix two different kinds of rattle can spray paint or whatever right. and it lifts and <laughs> just pops and looks like right? dog shit it never works out good yeah or it takes or like I'll get, I'll get into something like that and be like, I'm trying this. I'm trying it. And like two weeks later, I'm like, screw this. I'm going back to, I got to get shit done. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's been plenty of, uh, the one time I told the, I want to do concrete countertops. And so I told a, told a customer, I was like, I'll do it for cost or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. my material's right. going to be 650 bucks or whatever. So I think I gave him a bid for like 670 bucks or something like that. Oh, this thing weighed 700 pounds. We did it in my garage, and then we had ghosting from the rebar because it mm-hmm. apparently got too close to the surface, so you could see the X or the oh really cross hatches from the from the rebar. And so we were trying to hide it and ghost it and sand it, and just it was it was like 40, 50, 60 hours worth of work for free, and then right. we had still had to deliver it and get it in there. And that I called. My friends won't answer my phone call anymore because <laughs> I had to come help me do that. I know what you mean. 
I know exactly was, what you mean. It was terrible. But see, in the custom world, you can just be like, yeah, that rebar X frame you see right there, custom. Nobody else got that. Did that, yeah. <laughs> That's just showing the structure. Right? Right? <laughs> it's that clear concrete you didn't even know existed. Yep, yeah. I'm the only one that has it. I did it. I fucking did it. First one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's all sorts of... Uh, it's all there, learning curves. It's and all, there's so all, much neat shit out there. And all custom is, is mistakes. It's seeing somebody else, what they did, and going, wait a minute, that gives me an idea, mm-hmm. and then, and that's then a screwing good, it up. That's a good way to look at mm-hmm. it. It's like everything's... Oh, everything's just been mis- done. Yeah. It's just it, a mistake that actually worked out, I mm-hmm. guess. No, it is. 100%. Yeah. Anything custom is, especially custom paint. That's... I mean, a lot of these techniques, you're like, why would you even think to do that? Well, because you probably screwed up and... You're like, I think we could hide that with this. You try to cover it up. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So how in the hell do you do, like, on the roof of the caddy there? Like, how... I drink. Drink a lot. (laughs) Like that, I I don't think I have the patience or the artistic ability or the... uh, I don't really either. It's... Yeah, so like so this, like, is that all just tape lines there? Yeah, it's all eyeballed, just oops, eyeballed tape lines. Um, so what I usually do is I'll start, I'll do a major like like base, like that was just silver metal flake was the base. Yeah, and then you clear coat it. Once that's cleared, you sand it down because it's too bumpy for tape to stick. So you have to sand it down a little bit and get it smooth. And then from there, like, like every paint job I do, the customer's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I have no clue. And they're like, what do you mean you have no clue? I'm like, uh, I think I know a color that we're going to use. And <laughs> It'll come to me once right. the juices start flowing. And if you see, like, then you start outlining the, you start, for me, I start outlining the shape of whatever the shape of the part that I'm painting is. Because it just helped, to me, it helps flow with, with the vehicle, with the with the bike gas tank, with the car roof, with the car, the car itself. I mean, look at the caddy here with these, you know, these uh, the quarter panels, how they arch up, and then it's got that little taillight mm-hmm. bump up at the end, which I I always hated, but now I love. <clears throat> but if I was doing that with a panel, I mean, I would run a tape line, say two inches from the top edge, and just run that all the way around, and then go around the taillight and down to the bumper and around the bumper, just kind and of follow the, just highlight it, yeah. highlight what's already there. It's already. You know, the old cars, the old bikes, the stuff, it's already, the metalwork, the body already looks nice. It's already got, how many, how many thousands of hours in design work did they take to do that? So why? Well, they couldn't have took that much because they're redoing the bodies every single year. (laughs) (laughs) They don't do that shit anymore. Yeah. Oh God. I can't imagine the work that went into that. God, I I know. Just, just the tooling alone for the quarter panels and everything. And just, yeah. Yeah. It's insane that they had. And, but. But people worked a lot harder then too. That's so, true. That's absolutely true. Know, an eight-hour day now, they could have got done in three hours back then. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry to cut you off. On oh, that. you're good. But yeah. No, like basically, just you start laying tape is all, and start laying tape, and and the design just kind of comes to you. And it's if I tell everybody that wants a paint job, it's like I don't know what I'm doing. I I wish I could tell you what I'm doing. I'm yeah. not Chip Foose. I can't draw nothing. Not Dave can dig. I can't draw anything. I can't even draw it in my head. I can't even tell you what I'm thinking because I don't know what I'm thinking. But if you let the piece design itself, that's the best way it can turn out. And 
it's and it sounds stupid and prophetic and whatever else you want to call it but like you literally just start laying tape and you're like and you lay one wrong line and you're like that doesn't work that doesn't flow that doesn't if you stand back and look at the car that line does not work with that car yeah, that makes sense, though, I guess. Yeah, so you you just kind of you get it taped out and you go roundabout idea and just... Mm-hmm. Well, and if you look at, like, all the panels in here, they all intertwine. So if you look at the whole thing, like, as a silhouette, the design, the silhouette is just an outline of the of roof. The, yeah. And then you start breaking up the pieces in between. And then inside each piece, you start breaking that up. And then inside each piece of the piece that's broken up, you break that up and then... Before you know it, you got something that's like really detailed that it was just a snowball is all it is. Yeah. And so part of it's just getting going too, I think. And then that's it, what it is. It literally will just it'll finish itself almost. Just yep. getting the creative juices flowing, so to speak. And the hardest part is trying to get somebody to trust you to do that. To just let you go. Right? Yeah. We just got done with I'll show you a picture of this bike. Uh actually the customer should be taken home tomorrow. Um we initially started this thing he goes i want flat black and just rat rod i'm like you have a soft tail springer man that's not a rat rod bike that's a nice chrome chrome springer blah blah and so it morphed into i kept saying well what colors do you want i don't know like captain america theme maybe i'm like oh God, no 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 and he's like okay maybe all black i'm like oh jesus what happened with Okay, wait, 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 wait. Go one direction or the other, or like go like three directions, not eight. Um, yeah, or keep going ping ponging from one extreme <laughs> yeah, to the other. Right? Tell me everything you want, but then everything you don't want, and then. So he, uh, I'm gonna show you this picture. This whittled down to. He had no clue what he wanted, and I said, "I have no clue what to do." He goes, "I want you to do your thing." I'm like, "Well, if you want me to do my thing, I like, I like '60s, you know, '50s, '60s stuff." So I go. I was frustrated because I have no direction on this bike. And I go, you know what, man? What about like a 60s gasser paint job kind of thing? You know, hot roddy with scallops and flames and and metal flake and in your face and bold. And he goes, oh, dude, that sounds awesome. Yeah, cool. Let's do that. I'm like, great. So we finished up the metal work, the body work and stuff and ready to spray it. And I said, sorry, man, we're getting ready to spray this. Um, What color do you want? Any color, just pick a color. Just tell me a color. He goes, oh, just not black, not red, not blue. I'm like, dude, your first <laughs> fucking thing you told me was red, white, and blue. I'm like, and black. And now you don't want blue or black or red. I'm like, God damn. Uh-oh. So but- I go, how's orange? I didn't even give him an option. I'm like, I was yeah. like you like orange? He goes, yeah. I'm like, cool, it's orange it is. I hate orange, but well, that's that's the the best and the worst customer. <clears throat> it is, it is. I love the guy to death because you get you get but, some creative freedoms, but you don't you don't know their taste well enough, <laughs> or you don't want to like well, you don't want to build your thing and then you know have them go. Oh, what the fuck right. is that? The style of the bike. I keep. Yeah. I kept trying to push him in this direction. He said, "Do whatever you want to do," and I'm like. I'm just going to clear it with you just for, you told me to yeah. do what I want, but I'm going to clear it with you. Cause it's your bike. You have to live with it. And, and everything, everything I wanted to do was no. And then <laughs> everything he wanted was the exact opposite, opposite of what I would yeah. do. And I'm like, no, All right, I'm building your bike or I'm building my bike. One of the two, let's figure this out. So we ended up doing a good mix of mine and his, but, um, so we finally settled on orange and I was just like, he said, yes. I'm like, cool. I'm running with it. And he goes, Text back again. He goes, but no flames. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> dude, 
we approved the paint design when you said I said scallops yeah. and flames and bold and drag racing and he's like, okay, cool, do whatever you want to do. It's, I'm fine with it. I'm like, oh my God, you just like in bold letters said no flames and now all of a sudden you're like, yeah, fine, whatever cool. you want to like, do. Little bipolar. So the paint job turned out all flames. <laughs> yeah, that is fucking awesome. I think it's I like, the, did you post a picture on Facebook? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think I've seen that. I don't. I don't even know how the fuck you do that. That thing is awesome. But like you said, it, it literally just made itself, mm-hmm. and and it turned out to be all flames. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely. But it's like a it it fulfills <laughs> the the one direction of like a drag car, you know, and like a '60s drag car. I could see looking like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, I could, yeah, exactly. With like the the super flakes and like the scallops and like flames and the paneling and the, just yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm personally super excited how it turned out. But has he seen it? I sent him a picture last Friday, and he hasn't talked to you. Didn't since. get a response back till <laughs> Monday or Tuesday, and he's like, "When do you want me to come bring you the rest of the cash?" I'm like. <laughs> Perfect. Not even like a. Not even like it looks come good, man. On, man, I want you to get excited about it. Is he just pissed off and just wants to pay you to get the bike out of there? I don't, I don't know if he's. Because when I showed, I showed him the fender, the same picture yeah. you saw on Facebook, and I showed him that he's like, "Oh my god, that's so awesome! That's the, that's so great!" Da, da, da. I'm Somebody like, else is gonna love that bike, yeah, right? I'm like, dude, if you even bitch about this paint job, I'm taking it, and I'll get you a set of tins, and we will rattle can them satin black, black and perfect. See you later. Yeah, but I don't. I can't even imagine how many hours. Three weeks. I sat I sat in my chair at my table. Like, not even the flake. We had the flake done, cleared. Yeah. And then for three weeks, I sat there and just masked and airbrushed and taped and retaped and airbrushed. And, and then, like, the way I did the paint job, now looking back, again, I, yeah. could, I could figure out how to do it faster. But I was trying to add more colors into it. A lot of times, those metal flake paint jobs, they'll do the flake and you'll mask off the flake and if you notice a lot of those flake paint jobs with graphics um they'll be just like different shades of the same color well it's because the air, or the airbrush or the candy or something candy. over it. yeah because you can you can do so say you do a silver flake which this was silver flake with orange candy over it was mm-hmm. the main color but the flames i actually did all separate orange i did them actually i did them uh i masked off the flames and i did gold uh, flame but I left the centers of the flames open and then I did orange candy inside there. Then I had to remask everything and do drop shadows and I had to remask everything and do the white borders. And then like I literally masked that paint job four times and then masked everything off again after all the graphics were done and then laid orange candy on it all. And then when I peeled the tape up off the orange candy, little droplets of orange candy landed everywhere in the white stripes. And so then I had to remask everything off again oh. and go back in and touch up all the white. And then go back in and re-clear coat everything and cut and polish. Oh, and so... See, that's that white paint. It's that fucking <laughs> white that paint. fucking white paint in the dust. Like, you didn't see any specs. of the flaws and any of the other orange yeah, or the I know, gold. Yeah, because it's so out there, so mm-hmm. bright, so... With the flake, too, especially, oh, yeah. it just distracts your eyes so much that you can't see it. But that right. white is just so pure and so perfectly that clean. That white just punches you in the mouth yeah. every time. Oh, but, fuck. But now, looking back at it, I would have masked everything off and done it done all the candy first mm-hmm. then cleared it then went back and did all the rest of the graphics all the airbrush graphics and that would have been a lot better that candy those god candies it's candy hates you candy hates life because it it will just it'll smear it'll drip it'll run it'll cloud like 
Well, and then that's got to be super consistent, otherwise it's darker. Yeah. And it's yep. so. And the consistency has always been fairly not not too terrible to get right. A car is way tougher than a bike to do. Yeah. For candy jobs. Um, but the it's so stringy and so gooey that like if you try to like I I did all those graphics and then masked them off. And then did candy. Well, the candy seeps in every little little nook and cranny. When you peel the tape off, the candy strings up and then it flops down on the because mm, yeah, you got to peel it wet. And and you have to clear it right away. You can't. Like, I've started making my own base coat candies. So I can spray it like a base coat, and I can wax and grease remove it. i got 24 hours to spray over it. I can wipe it off. I can start over. Mm-hmm. So if you use actually, like, this is actual House of Colors candy, and it's catalyzed, and you're just... You spray it and you're done and cross your fingers. You didn't screw it up. So, but no, like we're doing another, a chopper right now too. That's, uh, we did like a lighter metal flake, but we did that with candy Oriental blue house of colors candy. And, but that one's like the whole frame and everything and candying a frame sucks. It's gotta be impossible. It's, it's a, like it's, there's it's cause tough. there's so many nooks and crannies to get like, that gun to spray just that spot. Yeah. Not that spot. It's so hard. Yeah. But, I mean, I painted that for my son. It's his little express or whatever he's re- yeah. redid, you know? And it's like, I had him paint a lot of it too, but I can't kind of went back and just touch stuff up before mm-hmm. we cleared it. But yeah, I mean, just getting, especially for him, first time spraying, mm-hmm. just build up. Oh, God. Did not work in his way around, and then you got dry spray and all that it's stuff. It's so easy it. to run a frame, too. Yeah. It's well, there's, so easy. There's a couple runs, but that's <laughs> what we do. We run things. I don't know about that. No. Oh, you never had that? Okay. No, well, so. I don't see any runs at all from here. <laughs> But, but yeah, no, it's, I can't even imagine trying to do candy. I'd like to try to spray candy at some point, but I can. Candy, the color wise, it's a lot more forgiving than what you think. Is it um, really? Yeah. It's just the chemical part of candy is a lot tougher than, you know, everybody makes a big deal of, you know, yeah. Like you said, if you, if you go over one spot spray, heavy, yeah. yeah, you do notice it. But I mean, the, the nice thing is the smaller the part, the tighter the part, like, like a frame, you don't notice the the darker and lighter spots as much. That's true. Because the light's you're, you're always not, changing on yeah, you. Yeah, because it's, it's constantly Right. Now, if you do the side up. of a car, you know, I seen uh, right when I started getting the, into the car business, there was one guy that painted this customer's car candy. Mm-hmm. And he did the typical paint. You know, you paint half your quarter panel, then move on to the next half. And then you stop at the door jam. And then you go to the door. And then... And oh my god, when that thing was done, it was like the door. It was like a, it was like a '60s custom paint job. Like all the body lines were highlighted because yeah. he stopped on every body line, and and so. But yeah, on a car, it's a big deal. But bike stuff, it's pretty hard to get it way oversaturated. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I, on a car too, you probably want to paint the car together. Yeah, you have to on a candy paint job on a car. You have to walk the whole car. Yeah. So you start at the bottom on the, the bottom of the quarter panel and you walk all the way to the front of the car and turn around and come walk all the way back and I'm too fat for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with candy on the bikes and I'm good. Yeah, something you can just move your arm just mm-hmm. enough to get around everything. Yeah. And so, well, yeah, it's, it's all, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm, I'm trying so hard right now to, to try those new things, like those mm-hmm. resins and stuff, and just stuff like that you've never seen. There's a, if you look them up on Instagram or Facebook, um, 
King's custom paint or King's paint or something like that. It's King's and they're Japanese. And those dudes are doing stuff that you're just like, like, it's like, it's like metal infused with paint and like their emblems are, it's an, I don't even know how to describe it, but hmm. they do a lot of like, like the hydro dipping. Yeah. Um, you know, if you take a, a bucket of water and spray paint in there and then dip the thing in there, it has all these cool swirly designs, but they're doing that stuff on, on full bike frames and motorcycle tanks. It's all like chopper stuff. Yeah. And, but look up King's, King's custom paint or King's paint, something like that out of Japan. They, the stuff they're doing is insane. And I'm sitting there trying to figure it out. I'm like, dude, how do I try to reverse engineer it a little bit? I'm talking to my buddy that does custom flooring and stuff. I'm like, dude, where's these epoxies? I need these epoxies and nothing works at all. So, but it's all about, you know, like I said, custom world is all about, I saw it from somebody else, but I want to put my spin on it. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're doing paint or upholstery or, or the fabrication side of it or, or whatever. Um, it always comes from somebody else's idea, and it's, but that's what makes it great because my idea was an experimental thing. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, well, cool, we got that far. Well, then somebody else takes that and goes, kind of takes it. Here's even better, and like, whoa, takes shit. the torch and runs with it. Yeah. So what did you uh, what did you start out in? Like, like bikes or cars, uh, choppers? Like, what was the first hot rod you had or that you hmm. customized? Please tell me it was a 93 Cavalier or something no, cool like God, that. No, God, no. Actually, my first one was an 89 Kawasaki KDX 200, my dirt bike. Yeah? When I was 13. I was 13. My dad found a 71 Cuda or Challenger. I think it was a Cuda for sale. That needed work. And, and he goes, well, you can either buy this car and fix it up and you're ready to go when you're 16 or... This dirt, I had had my eyes on this dirt bike that was for sale. And, yeah. And he's like, you can buy one or the other. They're the same price, $1,200 for a 70, 70 or 71 Cuda that was almost ready to go. And I'm like, 13-year-old Derek goes, hell yeah, I'm going to ride this dirt bike right <laughs> now. do some wheelies, man. Yeah, Let's go. Right? And so, like, then I'd start messing around in the garage with it, you know, because I was bored during the winter and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember my first paint job was Rattle Can. It was a green bike, obviously, but rattle can white uh, with blue tip flames nice. on it, except for they were the crab claw flames. That's all I knew how to draw it back then. And so that was like the first thing I ever really painted um, or tried to do anything custom on. And But then uh, went to college from there at UNO, Nebraska, Omaha, and was playing football and was pre-med going to be an orthopedic surgeon and full ride football scholarship. Yeah. Living the high life. And all of a sudden one day I seen this ad for Wyotech. They were had TV ads back then. Okay. And, yeah. And my roommate, he was 6'10", 395, like one of the top linemen in the country. And, and him and I looked at each other and we're like, dude, that's what we want to do. And both of us like, fuck yeah, let's, do, let's go do that. And so we both dropped out of football, dropped out of college and, Got disowned by my parents and uh, decided to go to Wyotech and Laramie. Yeah. And he was going to do all the mechanical side of it. I was going to do the aesthetic side of it. And so I did the collision refinishing because you had to do that for a core course. I'm like, last thing I want to do is go to a production shop and just do mm-hmm. regular Fixed boring cameras stuff. all day. No, I wish I would because I'd have a lot more money. <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't um, know. The insurance companies seem to beat you guys, beat everybody up pretty bad. I, I wouldn't know. We don't get to deal with that. Yeah. 
but the customers beat you up pretty bad. As oh, it that's is probably too. true. That's probably yeah. even worse. Than they the got less money company. than insurance companies. Yeah, that's probably true. But and then you feel bad and you want to help everybody out and it's mm-hmm. like, but so no, we went there and I did collision refinishing and then um, did I was going to do a, I did the custom fabrication and custom paint class, um, hot rod street rod fabrication is what it was, and then I had he did diesel mechanics and regular mechanic. Uh, and he was doing chassis and fab class. So he had three months more than I did. So I, I was like, well, hell, I got to take another class. And it was either business class or upholstery. And I'm like, I should have taken business. But <laughs> I was like, oh, upholstery is cool. That has to do with the looks of the car. And yeah. So I did that. And then we got, we were in our very last, last session getting ready to graduate. And he ended up flunking out. And so he went back home and became a roofer. And, and so here I am now I've only got half a shop worth of skills. Yeah. And so from there moved to Oklahoma, I got a job with Jerry Covington at Covington cycles, um, or Covington customs now, but we were building hundred thousand dollar choppers back in 2002, 2003. And, uh, he got on discovery channel on biker build off. And so okay. I was on there with him on their episode. I was doing all sheet metal work for the bikes. Oh man, I'm going to have to go back. I probably seen that. It's like, I think it might be season two. I can't remember. It's, it's either late season one or season two. I, I watched all of that shit mm-hmm. back then. It's Covington versus Vesley, Warren Vesley, which actually Warren Vesley just died this last year, um, from COVID. Um, he actually had a resurgence in the bike world, now, now that we're now in, uh, 20 years later and Warren had a big resurgence and then, yeah, ended up getting sick. But, but anyway, so then did that and then wife and I got married and she's like, she moved to Oklahoma and she goes, she could not deal with it being down there. And I said, I don't blame you either. But so we ended up moving back here and it was like working at Kawasaki, working at Dr. Vinyl, like doing anything to try to stay alive. Yeah. And, and going from going from that shop and that environment oh, yeah. to going to work in production line or then just like I worked at Kawasaki for six months and it was just good pay, good benefits. Yeah. I hated every second of it. And and uh, so we got back here and then uh well I I got my mom to loan me twelve hundred dollars for a sewing machine when I was in Oklahoma because I was like, I I need to do something on my own. I'm gonna do something on my own. And upholstery is the only thing I knew how to do that Covington's didn't do there on site. And so I was like, cool, I'll start the upholstery on my own. So I don't interfere with them. Mm-hmm. So I borrowed $1,200 from my mom for a sewing machine in our back bedroom of our shithole house and shithole Woodward, Oklahoma. And I had to move the pill bugs out of the way so I could do upholstery and paid for the machine for my first few jobs and yeah. stuff and paid my mom back. But so then we moved back here. Well then Covington called me up and said, Hey man, we're doing a line of, uh, production back then this was 2004 or five, 2005 uh 2005 2006 and the production choppers like the big dogs and the big bears and the uh texas choppers those kind of things were mm-hmm. were really hitting hard so they want to do their own production pro street bike and stuff like that and so uh he actually brought all of his equipment up here to lincoln well to firth and uh, I rented a shop. It was the old lumber yard built in the 1920s. And I got like a quarter of the lumber yard. And I thought it was so cool because it was my own shop finally. And, yeah. You know, the old uh, the old general store, wood floor in it. And it's, I mm-hmm. mean, it was 
it was cool vintage, but it'd probably be an awesome like showroom type setup and like all that. Now stuff. it would be, yeah. yeah. Back then it was like, Jesus, just get the heat to work, please, so <laughs> yeah. I can keep working through the night. And, yeah. And uh, but he set me up. He brought his power hammer up and English wheel for me and stuff. And I was building gas tanks for him. And I'm like, dude, this, oh, is, my, shit. this is my ticket. I got my own shop now because he was paying for the shop. And uh, I was like, this is great. And so I'd I'd knock out. I did 20 gas tanks a week, and I'd do them. Or I'm sorry, 10 gas tanks a week, and I'd do them in 20 hours. And so I'd have half the week to do what mm-hmm. I wanted to in my own shop that was paid for. And that lasted like six months, and then he pulled the plug on me out of nowhere because he wasn't selling the bikes. His his frame builder quit on him and blah, blah, blah. And just and so he had – The idea all, didn't come no. to fruition and didn't had, work out. He had a whole warehouse full of gas tanks that I'd built that he had nothing to put them on. So, yeah. he, so from then on, it was just like – Man, just ramen noodles and busting your ass and doing everything for free for everybody to try to get, like we're talking, to get, get a chance to try to do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know I can do this, but let me try to do this, and I'll do it for you for free, but just... Yeah, you buy the materials, and then, yep. or, you know, you know, hit me up for a little bit of cash or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah, tell your buddies, and yeah, and so, man, yeah, it's just slowly grown over the years. Then we went from, from that shop, we moved to 27th and O., which the rent went up and square footage didn't because yeah you know, yeah it was probably a pretty small space yeah it was uh, was it nine it was nine hundred square foot on twenty seventh and O were you guys was that like what oh six ish seven it would have been probably right around there yeah because um, I, I remember the I remember the shop there we used to have the bikes we set the bikes, bikes out, out on, on the, the sidewalk yeah yep yep and it was just me and if not just me maybe one other guy mm-hmm. working there and like we'd. Literally uh, a buddy of mine, Rick's Road King here in town, with the first 26-inch bike we ever did, or I would ever did, and stretched bags and all that, stretched the gas tank and all that stuff, and I built that thing in the middle of the upholstery shop on a bike lift because there's there was literally just the upholstery shop, and the other side would hold two cars nose to tail, and that's it. Yeah. And so then we moved over to uh, Folsom and South, and that was a 3,000-square-foot shop, and that's where we started doing the Folsom lockdown party and stuff. I was going to say, yeah, that was yep. where the lockdown was. Yep, that's where it came from. We actually started on 27th and O, but just didn't have anywhere to party there. and mm-hmm. There's no room. So, so yeah, and then we moved in the shop we're in now, um, which is 9,900 square foot, I think, uh, 14th and Pine Lake area there. Mm-hmm. And I uh, actually just had a meeting this morning with our builders. We're building a new shop now. Um, well, that's exciting. So, yeah, it's we're gonna we're gonna do the same square footage, about ten thousand, um, and we're we're jam packed where we are right now. But I said, you know, it's it's our own fault we're jam packed because it's all storage, and so we guys be better about organizing stuff. Mm-hmm. But but no, we're just uh, you know where the juicy lose juicy lose the bar is. Okay, it's basically yeah. on the front side of we're kind of tucked behind, uh, but right on Fourteenth Street there, there's the juicy lose bar. Is that the, um, used to be the Red Fox? Yeah. Yep, used to be the Fox. Yeah. And uh, there's actually a lot. So that big parking lot there on the south end of that parking lot, there's actually a, a lot to build on. I never even, never even knew I was there until the, the guy that owns that building there talked to me. And uh, so basically we're going to do the same size shop, but just actually built, purpose built. Purpose Instead built of for just what like you're moving doing. into a random Warehouse space, space or yeah. whatever, yeah. So, so that should be coming here Hopefully, if everything you know how that is, it, one little bugaboo can shut the whole thing down. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, but hopefully, here uh, May of 2024 is the anticipated move-in date there. But 
And so I think he's like the, the, the owner of the place. And um, he kept saying, he goes, oh, it'd be great for you. You guys would be right on 14th Street there. And I'm like, we don't want to be seen. We're like, yeah. we're happy being here in the back. Like nobody yeah. yells at us for the flamethrowers and, and the burnouts back here. So, but the visibility is nice probably as for business aspect, but. Well, like this last year, we've had to tell people like this last year, we took a huge step back and we were just getting overrun with work and overrun with things to do. And, mm-hmm. and we had, we started telling people like this, I, it's going to be two years before we can get to the, like a, a decent sized project or decent sized interior or whatever. And yeah, and I'm like, I really hate to tell you that, but that's just how it has to be. Cause we're pissing everybody off right now. Cause we're not getting done. What we're supposed to get done. We're not getting other people in when they're supposed to get in. And it's just, it snowballed so fast before we even, before we even know it, it just snowballed. And here I am getting yelled at by everybody every day. And yeah, I'm like, who are you? What gonna the p- hell's going on? <laughs> who are you going to piss off the most today? Oh. That's whose project you work on. I know that everybody. Game all too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like who's going to be the the most pissed? Yeah. We're going to go ahead and work on. Who's their calling shit today? today? Yeah. <laughs> so just to be fair to everybody, like we're just we just say, hey, we got we got to back it down. We got to mm-hmm. take our time. We got to. I mean, you know, you don't want to rush a custom job, especially you don't. That stupid bike paint job. I was thinking, hey, we can knock this out in a week. And three weeks later, just getting it done. So, so, but luckily, customers all understood. And, and they're like, as soon as we started telling people, like, yeah, I think like two years, man, it's going to be two. And they're like, okay, cool, put them on a schedule. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. Okay. It, if you're good at that, I'm good at that. Now the pressure's on. Like, got to keep, got to keep, you got two years, moving. you better get the shit done. You said you were going to get done. And yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's been good lately. We just, like I said, we've taken a, it's been a huge step back, but, but we're actually getting stuff out the door faster and prioritizing you know. what you have in the shop rather mm-hmm. than just prioritizing anything that walks in the door is, yeah. is definitely turns into more of a shop than a storage unit. Mm-hmm. So well, it's fuck and then storm people's bikes, storm <sighs> people's cars, storm people's shit, storm people's mm-hmm. parts. You got a whole car blown apart. That takes up three bays. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, yes, it does. It takes up way more room than a car put together. Right. And way more room than when that car is in the cut or the, the owner's garage yep. until you're ready for it. <laughs> right. That's like, I'm trying to tell people like it's the more, yeah, you can bring it in now, but it's going to sit here. It's mm-hmm. going to sit in our way. It's going to hinder us from getting the other job in front of you done faster, and then it's going to snowball. And it, I don't know. I've just, I've just hit that point of I'm. Uh, I don't want to say I'm tired of trying to hustle, or like, or like really grab everything that's available, or grab you're, every job possible. You're, but, you're moving out of that like startup mentality, right? Which is like the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Is it, just like, yeah, no, we don't. We don't do that anymore. Hardest part is telling people no. Yeah. Because I want to help everybody mm-hmm. out. I want, I know the feeling that, hey man, I really want my car painted or I really want my upholstery done, but oh, I just, I, I got a budget of this. I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah I understand maybe, how bad you want it because I want it that work, bad. Yeah. And, it's like, but, this is going to be cool, but. Right. But I can't pay my mortgage at the end of the month if you don't pay for your build, you know? And Yeah. And a 10,000 square foot building it really isn't too terrible uh i'm actually surprised i mean like from the rent from the last shop to the rent to this shop is an incredibly big step but Mm -hmm. you know i was scared to death when we moved in five years ago but here we are five years later and it's like cool rent's due this month cool here's rent rent's due this month cool Mm -hmm. here's rent we've also figured out some different ways to make money actually 
rather than like the custom jobs you never make money at. You never make money at a custom job. And you shouldn't, honestly, because nobody should have to pay for your learning experience too, you know, well, that's, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. But like, yeah, no, and I get it because you're always going to have way more time than mm-hmm. you think. Time time is what eats eats up the, the profit margin on yep. any custom job because it takes so long and it's so so many redos, so many whoopses and yeah. so many, or, you know, so many like, ah, oh, that just didn't quite work out. And right. Well, I mean, everybody that does it out of their garage on their own for their own project, mm-hmm. they'll sit back and look at it and go, holy shit, I didn't think it was going to take that much. And now put a clock against that and go that rent's coming that rent's coming that heat bill's coming the electric bill's coming yeah. that payroll's coming now put a clock against that and then see how stressed out you get and yeah it's like every because every like two uh, weeks every four weeks there's, yeah, a, there's every, a big bill due every, every week yeah. every week we get payroll to get out and it's like and i don't want to turn it I, I never wanted to turn it into a money thing ever at the shop i never never ever cared about the money part of it and I mean, to a point, you have to. Yeah, but. absolutely. It's at the end of the day, you're getting older. You're not going to be able to continue to do what you're doing at the pace right. you're doing. So you have to have some sort of. Well, that's why you. That's why we figure out. Like, we just became a. a we got our FFL license, so Federal Firearms license. Oh, really? And so we're a gun dealer now, which we're actually getting ready to hopefully next week announce to everybody that we're corn fed arms is come is is going to be available. We just ordered our first seven guns this week. Oh, very cool. So. Just a gun dealership. That's a good way to make a little bit of cash. We're, we got our car dealer license, our auto dealer license now. So mm-hmm. we can buy and sell cars. We can go to the auction and get a couple of those just, you know, damaged cars from the auction, fix them up, sell them. That's, that's a clean, easy profit. That's profitable stuff. Then we can continue to do the jobs we lose our ass on and the custom jobs. You find, so, find the things that, that make the, Yep. Make the payroll, make the, you know, make all the expenditures and then you can, need, then you can do, as, then you can be as creative, creative as you want and it doesn't, right. doesn't hurt you so bad. Well, it's the same as, it's the same as some guy going to his nine to five and then when he gets home at night, does his custom There's stuff in the garage. Hustle. Yeah. And it's like, I have to find, I've, I've so committed to the custom side of it and the shop side of it that I've lost that nine to five. So I lost that paycheck. I lost that, mm-hmm. you know, pension. I lost all that benefits. So now I'm trying to figure out now the custom stuff is busy enough. Now I'm trying to find my nine to five to pay for my custom stuff. Just like everybody else. Yeah. That, no, I guess I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. Cause you, I just, I, I want some find, find boring kind of money making work. Find the great, <laughs> the gravy, so to speak, yep. the easy stuff that, you know, you can go in and just, you know, you're going to make money on it every single mm-hmm. time. And, uh, all I got to say is when you're going to Copart, just go and inspect the vehicles before you bid on them. <laughs> I, we haven't looked at Copart yet. Those things scare me. Oh but. God. It's yeah. It, we, I went and was going to bid on a truck. It was a 20, uh, I don't know, 20, 21 maybe i don't know something like that 2020 i don't know whatever mm-hmm. new body style silverado one ton and all the pictures is like god damn it doesn't look too bad not too bad at all went up and inspected it come to find out it had been sold in texas at a co-parts uh it rolled mm-hmm. they put a new bed on it new used bed on it they cut all the airbags out of it put all the plastic mm-hmm. back up yanked the front end back so it was straight and not sat off to the side and then it still went and sold at auction for. I watched it go off, and it was like thirty three thousand dollars that it Holy went for. Holy shit! Yeah, Jesus. It's like yeah, it's a sixty thousand dollar truck if it wasn't salvage title right. or whatever. But somebody's getting fucked over a little bit on this. I so. did the same thing. I bought a truck from 
from Texas, from Houston. And it was the cheapest Chevy I could find in the entire country. And yeah, it was an 05. It's a long, long ass drive. Yeah, it was. I, I rented a car. And that's, where, down that's, there where, and, that's where my Silverado came from. Mm-hmm. Need another beer? Yeah, I'll do one more. But yeah, I, I went down there for that truck. And because uh, they don't like four wheel drives that much down there either, so uh, I got it cheap. I'm like, cool, this is a steal. Thank you. And then I get there, and they're like, oh, the radio doesn't work. Uh, um, and it was a stock radio in there. He goes, well, the stereo was stolen, so we put a new deck in there, and mm. it was a stock radio. Well, then come to find out, you can't unlock those and make them work with a different truck, a stock one. And then no, not without going to the the, the dealer dealer and giving them 150 bucks to unlock it. I stopped at the dealer on the way home, and they couldn't do anything about it right then, and blah blah. And then they found out that the pods, the speakers that were in the pillars, were missing, and these other speakers were missing. And then found out the airbags were ripped out of it. And I'm like, mm. slowly started figuring out it's a stolen vehicle that got wrecked. And and yeah, same same exact deal. Yeah, that's. So, I don't know. We bought a handful of stuff. I bought. Well, my wife's first van, that was the first thing I bought off of Coparts, sight unseen. Two campers off of there. We bought a Camaro. We parted out. Were they pretty good other than, like... As long as you go up and look at them. Yeah. Just my enclosed trailer for work came off of Coparts. I bought that yeah. just based on the pictures. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, it's, sides are kind of beat up. It's a little rough. But whatever. Bid it up to four grand and uh, won it. And we go to pick it up, and I was like, oh. <laughs> it is hammered like really? it's it's rough on and it's we didn't do anything to the outside yet but ended up lucking out on it because it has really nice uh cabinets and drawers mm-hmm. and stuff in there um like toolbox basically quality and then it had a 7500 watt generator oh shit in there so i think basically what happened is it used to be a uh john deere mobile repair mm-hmm. unit and some meth heads got a hold of it and stole it and stripped it out. And they cut the lift out or whatever that was in there huh. for the little tractors and cut all the aluminum off of it. Tried to steal the generator, but they couldn't get it out. So <laughs> they spun the oil filter off of it and drained all the oil out in the middle of the floor. And Just to be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. So actually worked out really good for me in the long run. And it's an right. awesome trailer. But yeah, it's, you got to go inspect the ship. Yeah, I'm always leery about that stuff. I did. Um, I bought an ambulance from Big Iron. Uh, it came from uh, Arkansas. And it said it had... Me, Is that an auction, like an online auction house? Yeah. Okay. Big Iron has... It's more like farm and equipment mm-hmm. stuff, but they have classic cars on there all the time, which is cool because they're like the farmer's classic cars or the you know the stuff that's just tucked away in the barn and forgotten about or until they have a state auction. in the tree line or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep, they have the tree line cars. They have, you know, like the grandma's car that she drove every day and uh, they have like the old 80s and 70s pickups all the time on there and mm-hmm. um but i bought an ambulance because i had this idea to take um a grain truck or a stub i wanted a coe but god they're so expensive and then so i bought an lcf low cab forward 55 chevy grain truck that was actually i mean i drove it home i used it all over my acreage and stuff and yeah had the dump box and all that and 327 in it and so I bought that grain truck first. Well, then I was trying to figure out a chassis to put that on to use as my hauler for everything. Well, then found this ambulance and figured out ambulances have 6.6 six Duramaxes in them. Um, oh, really? And I'm like, cool, I get a Duramax in this thing? And, like, 
now finding out later after I bought it, it's, it's detuned 80 horse because it's an ambulance because they put a 4L80E training in it instead of the oh, Allison. Bummer. I thought I had an Allison in the yeah, thing the whole time. Oh, <laughs> and so it still worked out. So we, I bought this ambulance off of Big Iron. Mm-hmm. And same deal. I, I bid the guy. I wanted to spend... I want to spend like $3,700 or $3,800. Um, you got that fever when you were bidding, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, one guy. You know what? When, when there's like multiple people, like, cool. Let him go. He doesn't have it. But yeah. when there's one dude being a dick, you're Dink. like, screw you. Dink. And got up to like 4500 bucks, And I was like, $4,900. I don't care. And oh, monster knocked, bid. I knocked him out. <laughs> I paid like $1,000 more than I wanted to. But mm-hmm. the thing had... Uh, that was the exact same thing that happened with that enclosed trailer. It was just yep. one guy, and it was like, uh, <laughs> went $1,000 over what I was going to, but... It might as well be at the casino. It's like, ah, oh, just one more spin. Just one mm-hmm. more spin. But at least you walk away with something to show oh, for Oh, this thing. Versus a casino where you're... Right? Uh, <laughs> where the hell did all my money go? I don't do good at casinos. At least I got a couple free beers and a free hot dog. <laughs> they get free hot dogs? Uh, maybe they were a dollar. I don't remember. Wow. We used to go with my parents to the boats all the time, like 10, 15 years ago. And we just got back from SEMA out there. And so it's like every night walking through a casino. Mm-hmm. But I don't do the gambling. I I gamble enough with day-to-day shit that I don't need to, <laughs> I don't yeah. need to stick my money in a machine that never wins. Yeah, exactly. But There's one person that always wins in the casino. Mm. And it's the casino. It's not you. That ain't no shit. That ain't no kidding. But no, so yeah, like so we bought that bought that ambulance and brought it back here. I had my dad go down and pick it up actually, and just sight unseen, you know, mm-hmm. just off pictures. That Runs and drives back. everything. It came back. It was perfect. They they had uh, twenty five hundred miles ago. They had spent like twenty grand on rebuilding the engine, the transmission, a whole bunch of other maintenance stuff, and I'm like, you're gonna let this go for forty five hundred dollars? And they it's big iron auction. It was a. It was it is some what town it is. in some town in Arkansas that just they updated their fleet. Well, it just so happened this had just got all rebuilt and redone. Man, that's and tax so, dollars hard at work, right there. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, Dad brought it back and we unloaded off the trailer and I was like, oh, there's no way all these switches work. And I started flipping switches. <laughs> it's like sirens come on, lights come on, PA system works. We're like, no way. Air horns oh, working. Oh, no, that's awesome. Even the oxygen masks in the back work. Like everything in the back was all working. We could have We could have started picking up patients right then and there. It had there. all the like medical type everything. stuff back in there still. Could you like Yep. Clear. It <laughs> I mean, we could hook up jumper cables. Oh, there you go, right to the nipples yeah, and just right? get them going. <laughs> but yeah, dude, that thing had everything. And literally, they took the sticker off the side of the door that said what department it yeah. was, and that's it. Took the sticker off, and it was a full-blown full blown ambulance. That's legit. That's a good deal. And so we actually towed, uh, before I got ready to do this swap, uh, Sturgis came up, and so we we hooked up the trailer to st- and towed it up to Sturgis with the ambulance, and, and I, I took it to, uh, to the headliner show in Omaha with the with a car trailer behind it with the bikes in it and stuff. And I slept in the back of the ambulance on a cot for at the headliner show and just get drunk and pass out in the back of it. Yeah, it was, fuck yeah. And then you get drunk and you got the PA system and. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> but so no, then we ended up. I ended up stripping the cab and the box and all that off, and then put that whole chassis basically. I don't know if you put the chassis under the cab or the cab on the chassis, but we took the 55 Chevy stub nose and right down on top. Mm-hmm. And 
It took a shitload of cutting and stuff, but we built our own flatbed on it now, and I got 24-inch Alcoas on it. And Is that uh, – I think I've seen that on Facebook or whatever. Was that what you pulled? Uh, so we pulled a boat with. and Yeah. So red. we pulled the trailers to Daytona and Sturgis with. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty ratty right now. It's, it's a pretty cool-looking piece. I, I like that. I want to do something similar to that at some point. Like you said, a cab over um, or something like that. But like I said, it's hard to, right. hard to find them. Well, COEs are like four, four or five grand for a hunk of shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing but half a cab left. And I just couldn't see spending that much money. I spent 1700 bucks and got a great, great grain truck that I still I just <laughs> It's got no cab on it now, but it's got the seat and the dash still in there. Oh, cool. So and you can still, still cruise it I still around. use it out at the farm and just, yeah, the dump bed still works. 327 still runs. And nice, yeah. So, but yeah, it's like the low cab forwards. And then the other thing is with the low cab forward, you have room to do the engine up front and see, since the ambulance was a van chassis, it was already all compact in the front. So mm-hmm. it actually went over pretty damn good. Um, we ended up building a sleeper and cutting the back of the cab out so I can move my seat back a little bit, but okay. cause the dash and the modern stuff is so far back that the old stuff, the dash is so far forward. So once you put the new dash, did you use new, all the ambulance style dash stuff mm-hmm. and all the new stuff out of there? Yep. All the firewall, the da- everything we didn't cut anything. So literally that thing ran and drove the entire time we were doing the whole conversion. So, so you just literally just set, set, the drop the cab on and started welding the shit together. Nice. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't know enough about the wiring and stuff like that to, to cut it all apart, take it all apart and, you go down a rabbit hole real fucking fast. That's, Especially with an ambulance. There's so much wiring in that thing. I, I couldn't even yeah. imagine. I think she's been with the Duramax. It seems like there's a ton. Yeah, but yeah, that too. That's, I mean, that's similar to what I did on that 65 F100. It's on an 04 Suburban chassis. Oh, yeah. So use the Suburban floor pan basically yep. and half the firewall, the tow board, and then kind of okay. fused it all together at the... Firewall, firewall. Some, somewhere in there because it kind of <laughs> jogged over and went up and around and then used all the underhood relays and yep. fuse block to power everything else in the truck. But I mean, that was a lot of touching test lights really? and wires and doing everything figuring, individual, figuring everything out and running it and then realizing that the, the headlight switch is backwards. It's like ground based instead of power based exactly or whatever. Exactly the so, shit I didn't want to run So then into. it's like, yep. oh, <laughs> no, that's not exactly what I thought it was going to do. At least you know your system's a lot better that way. Mm-hmm. Well, what, my motto is just touch it till it makes a spark and then you know it's hot. You know, so. <laughs> right. Or there's a reason it made a spark. And yeah. <laughs> then you can figure it out. But. Yeah. Well, it's not sparking anymore. What yeah. happened? <laughs> I, well, I first did my, I had a 48 Hudson four door that I just bought like, I was going to build myself a sled and I wanted a Mercury, but didn't have the money for a Merc. And, and so the Hudson's already have that, like the side profile of a Hudson is already like a chop Merc. Mm-hmm. And so I got a four door Hudson for like nothing basically. And I took, and I'm a Cadillac guy. So I took a 94 Cadillac with a North star front wheel drive and cut the whole body off of it. And then put the Hudson body down over top of the Cadillac. And so I saved all the firewall. I, I had to stretch the floor pan 11 inches on it, so I did it right behind the driver's seat. So you had the back seat had 11 inches more leg room. Okay, yeah. But because it's front-wheel drive, I had to extend a couple fuel lines and a couple wires. That's it. And extend the floor, obviously. But, um, no drive shaft, no nothing like that. And so 
I did that. Probably pissed a few people off or confused them as to why you're... Oh, confused them. Because, yeah. like, we drove it to Viva Las Vegas and oh. a week after I got it done. And, or it's the only time. By, by the done, only I mean, like, actually moving under its own power. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it took it for a couple shakedown runs around the nope, block. didn't even take a <laughs> shakedown run. We literally got it done. Pushed I drove it, it to my house and picked the family or picked the wife up and... Drove to Vegas. Well, okay. I'm going to say that's yeah. one shakedown around. Yeah. <laughs> right? We had one fuel line come loose on the way back. That's it. And I'm like, good God. That's a long, that's an endurance test yeah. to, uh, to, I mean, there was, to break a car in, I guess, right? or whatever. Well, I mean, the, technically the Cadillac. See, that's where I, I learned to save that firewall, save the dash, save everything. So it's literally just a, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. And, so, but yeah, that Cadillac, we were running, uh, my buddy Alan drove his 57 Bel Air and, and I was driving that and we're rolling down the interstate in like Nevada or, or we're, no, we're in New Mexico and we're rolling like 85, 90 the whole way. And this thing looks like it just came out of a field, you know, and it looks like it should do no more than 35. Yep. <laughs> and then I, I passed, um, I don't know if you've seen, it's kind of a famous car, not famous, but. It's been around the internet a lot. There's a, a bright green Hudson that's all chopped and dropped, and I think it has flames on it or something, some kind of old-school graphics. But they're from Canada. And so I was, I seen it way up in the distance. I'm like, no fucking way. That's that car. And and here we just go, whoa, 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 just right by him. And, and we get to the show. He goes, what the hell you got in that thing? And I was like, <laughs> North Star. He goes, holy shit, you guys blew by us like we were standing still. Yeah. I was like. Yeah, that's take the modern technology and use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, I, I don't have anything currently at the moment that's not, I guess, LS swapped. Yeah, so it's so practical, and it's yeah, and like the the sub one hundred, the F one hundred, you know, it's a suburban sub one hundred. Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, hardly any money into it for what it is, and it looks cool. Right. And it, we drove it to Dubuque to Vintage Dor- Torque Fest yeah. twice, and just it just cruises and it just goes. It doesn't have a camp, doesn't have. It's just all stock suburban, nice. and it just it just goes. That's where that blue dually is in mind that we're gonna now we're gonna fuck it all up. We're gonna, You're gonna ruin it, turbo <laughs> it, and build it and all that. But but yeah, it's that's my daily driver, and it's I got remote start on it, and it's mm-hmm. toasty warm all winter long when I come out to the truck, and so. It's it's hard to argue with that. Um, the six O we put in that, I've got a fifty one Cadillac Coupe DeVille that I was going to put that six O LS in that Cadillac and build that whole thing and big plans for it. And then I bought this truck and the transmission blew up a week after I bought it. And so I was like, well, I got an LS sitting over there, and everybody says how easy this is, and shit, it was not easy. Because it's a one ton versus half ton, so there's nothing out there for it. But anyway, but then like with this '56, I was gonna do. I was thinking about doing an LS in it because the motor was the rings had let go. They were mm-hmm. just it was smoking so bad. It was go go gadget smoke screen. And <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. It's time to do something. And I was gonna LS it. Cause I'm like, I just want to roll this thing down the highway, daily driver, which it is a daily driver. But then the you know, the traditionalist in me came out. And I'm like, God damn it. I, I can't roll up to a car show with this thing and mm-hmm. pop the hood and be like, there's my LS. Same as that LS over there. Same so as that, that LS, LS over, over, there. There, over there. Like going to TorqueFest and stuff, they're like, yeah, don't, don't pop your hood. Don't mm-hmm. pop your hood because, you know, they frown upon, you know, modern exactly. stuff. You can only have like five things changed or yep. whatever. 
And then I'm like walking through there and I'm like, LS. LS. <laughs> LS. Some sort of new motor. I don't know what that is. <laughs> LS. And it's like, well, these guys aren't even hiding it. You know, they're. Well, it's like when we got this motor rebuilt, you know, I. I metal flaked the whole motor, the whole block and the heads and all that. I metal flaked it mint green like the roof. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, we got to Torque Fest up there after I oh, I rebuilt the motor. We spent all night getting it finally running. I'm glad I'm not the, off the only next morning. one that does stupid <laughs> shit like that. It's like, ah, I got two and a half hours of sleep and it's ah. been like 15 hours of sleep all week. I think we're ready to cruise, you know, nine hours. But Let's bring go. the zip ties and the duct tape. Yeah, you're good. for sure. But yeah, we got to Torque Fest and I'm like, fuck yeah, pop that hood. I'm like, check out that original 365 in there. And nobody gave a shit either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Nobody gives a shit. The only, the only thing that people give a shit about is like with that Ford is they're like, they stand back and they look at it and they're like, six lug. Really? What That's what f- catches their eye? I never look at lug nuts. I don't, I don't ever either. do that. I don't care. I just go, okay, something looks different on the car. I like that. Oh, they moved mm-hmm. some, you know, moldings or something or whatever. And, like, they're like six lug. What the fuck is six lug? And really? They're, like, crawling underneath it. They're like, Crown Vics aren't – what, what, is, what is this? This isn't a Crown Vic. What's it on? And I'm like, oh, four Suburban. They're like, what? Really? Yeah, That's four Suburban. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. Like, at car shows and stuff or even bike shows, car shows, everything. Like, I just walk through, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, like, I should be the guy checking out every little detail and figuring out what they did here, what they did there. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. One of them will grab your attention a little bit and be like, oh, a little bit. that's fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, my buddy will come up, dude, you see this? I'm like, no. Dude, you see this? I'm like, no. And they'll take me to these cars I already walked past. I was like, I never saw that. And I, I don't know why. I don't want to say I don't care, because I definitely do. But Yeah, I don't know. Like, car shows aren't... I don't know. Like, that's why I like Torque Fest, I think, because it's more of like a festival type thing. Yes. And it's more of an event. Yes. Than just walking through. I would through rather do that than, than walking through an asphalt parking lot when right. it's 120 degrees out. I'm not out. I'm not there to judge anything. I'm not there to nitpick shit. I, if I see something that catches my eye and it's cool, I'll stop and look at it for a little bit. But mm-hmm. I'm there to have fun. And yeah. that's where, like, our Folsom Lockdown Party comes in is I was so sick and tired of all these shows around here. Where somebody pulls up in his 70 Chevelle. Uh-oh. Pulls. <laughs> Mine's 69, Mine's 69, right? 69 yeah. all right. See? No, you're plenty good. <laughs> okay, good. Because <laughs> I think I brought but... my Chevelle there one year. <laughs> I know no, I, I did, yeah. No. Wait for the rest of the story. Yeah, okay. You're not that all guy. Right. All right, good. Whew, that was no, close. No, you're not that guy. <laughs> but somebody comes in, in their muscle car, and they, they, sit, they pull the lawn chairs out of the back, and they sit there with their arms crossed all day long, just blistering hot, like, Mustang Sally plays eight fucking times during the day mm-hmm. and then they announce the winners and they storm off if they don't win a trophy. And that's, that's their whole fun day. I'm like, that's dumb. I hate car shows. I, I want to do burnouts. I want to hear yeah. what that, that big block over there with the blower on it. I want to hear what that sounds like. Mm-hmm. I want to see what that car will do over there. You know? And it's, so we did the Folsom lockdown as no trophies, no judging, bring the cars out, show them off. Let's show each other what we all done. And, and, big community type deal. Everybody meet everybody, hang out with everybody, have some fun, listen to some music and do whatever you want to do. And I don't regret that one bit. And no, I think that's, is definitely a way cooler atmosphere or whatever. And just like a scene, I guess it's what I would rather go do something like that. Then, and it's been so hard with 
because like I think literally like right when you started that it was like right when we had kids and so yeah we've had so like little kids like right they're they're the age now where it's like they can stay home alone they can do all that <laughs> stuff we don't have to worry about it as much so like we've been well the car going world's out doing cool more because stuff. you can include your kids in the car world you know and yeah it's just you know bedtimes and yeah, all that yeah, shit yeah. and it's like yeah most of the cool shit's going on at 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night and uh, or, i don't or I don't, like two in the morning after everybody's gone <laughs> yeah well and i don't want to deal with having my kids there getting cranky yeah. and pissy and having to can't have a lot of fun when you got young kids that are you're not lying i'm there dragging you down a little bit so i'm there except my two and a half year old boy he's he's the life of the party now but yeah. our but, youngest is he's the he's definitely they call him hurricane or hot rod <laughs> or uh so he's got he's got nicknames like that because he's a million miles an hour but. that's awesome that's awesome yeah we had two girls first and then I wasn't planning on having another kid, but apparently she was. And so uh, <laughs> how much control I got over that. Yeah. And, but yeah, I had that boy and holy shit. The boy's a different ball game than oh, the girls. Completely. It's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yep. Yeah. We did boy, girl, boy. And oh yeah. Yeah. And so, my, my oldest is 13, almost 14. So he's now out here. Yeah. Like, he was, he's got some sort of a, mismatch moped build going on over there where it's like a honda hobbit and an express fused together <laughs> and all this stuff and he's like dad can we weld the seat pan brackets on tonight and i was like i'm doing a podcast it's probably not going to get over till you know whatever after it's time for you to go to bed or whatever and so he's he's like oh, all right maybe tomorrow night yeah but he's I, he's now getting in here and he's like do you think we go work in the garage for a couple hours tonight dad and i'm like that's awesome yeah absolutely and then sometimes I'm just like, I'm really tired. I kind of just want to put yeah, my but it feet makes, up. Like but, it makes the, your motivation to get out in the garage yeah. a lot easier too. Well, um, and starting with the YouTube channel and doing all this stuff was the best thing I ever did for getting in the garage because yeah. like it forced me to go out and just even do the little monotonous stuff just to put a video out or do that stuff. And the podcast actually made my garage look nice. And I actually keep it <laughs> clean keep now. It clean I have now, to sweep yeah. it. I, I sweep <laughs> it and got everything picked up off the floor. You know, right. so I could make room for, because literally two days ago, the Chevelle was up on blocks and the motor was getting yanked out of it, or yeah. maybe three days ago, so. I had somebody, I can't even tell you who it was, but it stuck with me. It still sticks with me. They said, no matter what you do, no matter how big your project is, get out, do something every night. Mm-hmm. Every day, do something. If it's five minutes, ten minutes, four hours, do something yeah. And just to keep you moving, because otherwise you do, you get stagnant on it. And before you know it, you're, you're a month and you haven't touched it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's, that's for sure. And I found too, like making a list helps too. It when does. you got just like, or just getting out. Cause like, man, you walk out there and it's a basket of parts and it's, mm-hmm. you know, three bays wide and just blowing apart. And you're just like, it's overwhelming. Dude, I can't do anything. Like, I do that walking through the shop. I'm I like, can't. Fuck, I gotta do that. Oh, geez. oh, wait, I gotta do that. And like walk three feet and like, oh, I gotta uh, do that. Damn it, I forgot about that. Oh, shit, he's coming tomorrow. I gotta do that. And it's like, before you know it, you're just sitting there and you're like staring at everything and you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's overwhelming quick. I don't get so, in the office near enough, like maybe once a week, once every two weeks to do invoices, bids, and all that stuff. And it's just like, 
I go in there and I was like, all right, I got to get these two invoices done. Four hours later, I still haven't <laughs> done the two invoices and I've done every other damn thing that I forgot I had yep. to do until I got in there. And it's like, fuck. Those squirrels are powerful, man. They just run rampant. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, dude. I don't know if it's... There's so many squirrels in my life. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. It's... it's uh... But yeah, like I, that's I buy into that motto. Just get out in the garage and just you know start with fifteen minutes or whatever. Or if you get an extra fifteen minutes, and it'll turn into an hour if you can do it. And then, the, like, energy is like yes. produced and made, and like the energy you need to do something. If once you start doing it, and then you just do a little bit, then like all of a sudden now you have more energy to do the next mm-hmm. thing, and now you have more energy to keep in the next thing. You know, you're like, holy shit, I got the this done or I got that done and then you're like oh now I'm fired up yeah then once you get fired up then it's like you can go for a long period of time until you get that burnout right kicking in or until you got to spend a bunch of money on car parts (laughs) which is usually what slows most of my projects down Uh, I got the habit of spend too much I'm like oh going home like I'm gonna buy the parts and then you're gonna be here and then the parts get here and I'm like cool they look nice sitting over there. <laughs> they're gonna be really I don't dusty mess when up I that get, box. <laughs> they're gonna be really dusty when I get around and messing with them right? for sure. So, well, like I said, object in motion tends to stay in motion, mm-hmm. and I think an energy, object at rest stays at rest. And yeah, energy is built. It's so. I mean, you have to Definitely. you have to work at it and to to make it make it happen. So. Um, all right, Derek, uh, we've been at this for a little bit here. I didn't yep. do, I didn't do an intro, so I'm going to do my intro at the end here Okay. because we just dropped right in the good right. conversation. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to interrupt it, but, um, anything, where can people find you? Uh, so, uh, Facebook is just exotic customs, um, Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, Instagram, it's the real exotic customs because some jackass. From is there a fake exotic customs? Yep, <laughs> yep. Because I got into Instagram late. I, I don't. I hate posting stuff. I like, do too. I've been trying to get better to. about it because mm-hmm. it's just like you have you to do got it. it. You got to grow it. To if you go away, people forget quick. And oh yeah, because there's another. There's mm-hmm. a fake exotic customs coming right up behind yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys don't do shit. They're from Pennsylvania, but. Uh, so no, the real exotic customs on Instagram, uh, you go to our website, it's www.exoticcustoms.com all spelled X O T I C. There's no E on exotic cause we're dyslexic. And so, um, but yeah, just, I don't know. We try to post what we can on Facebook and Instagram and, um, I don't know. Come check it out. We're going to try to post some more stuff. We're going to try to post more regularly, but yeah. It's just one of those deals. It's tough. It's hard. You get down in the mire of working and it's like, all I care about is going to the shop, put my head down, get something done Mm -hmm. and, and then going and having a few beers and then going back and getting my own stuff done. And you know, that's what my daily life is like. That's all I focus on. Yeah, no, I I totally get it. Yeah, for sure. So we'll put a link to all your stuff down in the description and things like that. So, so, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no, it's been fun. It was nice uh, actually getting to sit down and talk to you. I know we've met right. a few times, but never really got a bullshit. So yep. it was fun. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. Usually I would say it's, it's hard to get to bullshit with anybody right now anymore because it's like you start two-minute conversation and halfway through it, somebody's going, hey, I need you to come look at this. No, come look at this. No, I'm going to go over here. No, so-and-so's calling. that damn squirrel in the shop oh, again. Oh, my God. <laughs>
See, we got a gun dealership, so we can start shooting some squirrels. Oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you can do that inside the city limit, but you know, now yeah. I know when I need to uh, order a lower or something. Yeah, I'll we can give you a call. Well, we can since you got an when you get an FFL, you can have everything shipped in. So, mm-hmm. like these seven guns we got, look, I bought an AK-47. I've wanted one for like twelve years, and finally got my AK. Uh, AK, we bought a a, a, a AR that John. Our gun guy is going to build, mm-hmm. so he's going to build a custom. Uh, we bought a uh, a little bullpup 12-gauge uh, assault shotgun. Oh, my God, that thing's awesome. Um, bought a little pistol. We bought a, a, a carbine or carbine, carbine, whatever you say it, 45 rifle. Like, it's just bought some weird shit and just yeah. to kind of show everybody what we can – what we can get, we can get anything. We actually, <laughs> we actually just became a dealer for flamethrowers. So, um, okay, cool. You get uh, your flamethrower. I've been. Uh, I'll have to talk to you about prices on that because I. If you want to come test drive one, I got one at the <laughs> shop. And it's so much fun. Yeah, DE Guns had those last. That's what I bought last yep. year or whatever. It's like six hundred and fifty bucks or That's something exactly like that. Exactly the one I got. Yep. Yeah, and I was. <laughs> send a picture of the wife and I was like I think I need this and she goes I don't think you do what the fuck are you going to use that for and I go I don't know everything I'm going to find something to use oh. it for we'll melt the driveway yeah right <laughs> oh we use it all the time all the time mostly we fill sandwich bags with oxygen and acetylene throw them out in the parking lot and blow them Boom. up yeah that's cool and uh, when the bar was open next door they closed down now but when the bar was open next door to the shop we'd go out there at like 10 o'clock at night when the bar's packed and they got these big bay windows, and we go out there and just shoot the flamethrower off, and the whole bar stands up and freaks out. And Waitstaff, <laughs> Waitstaff's always like, oh, those are the guys next door. They do that all the time. This is just the guys <laughs> next door. You got to be worried when the guy with the chainsaw comes running in here. The flamethrower Yeah, the chainsaw, guys, that's scary. The yeah. flamethrower is good. Yeah. I got a little 70s three-wheeled trike, like motorized trike, and uh, so I'll, I ride that over out in front of the parking lot of the bar with the flamethrower in one hand, riding the trike in the other <laughs> <laughs> all right you just talked me into so, it. i need to get a flamethrower it's so <laughs> worth it it's so worth it so yeah come take it for a test drive and all then, right i might have to do that we can order sure. one maybe i have the wife come do it so she can uh, oh, fall in love it. with it yeah we'll have to figure out some something that she'd like to burn down that we can mm-hmm. get her real excited about I'm it sure we can think of something so. <laughs> but so all right man thanks for coming out cool. i appreciate, I appreciate it. you having me it's been fun all right guys so. we'll check you later